joined after qualifying by Alex Pillow. Alex, P11 qualifying. How do you feel after a practice this morning and now qualifying in the front third of the field? Um, yeah, I I was really comfortable this morning. Uh, car felt really good. Uh, team did an amazing job not testing here and bringing fast cars. But then on qualifying, we were a bit too conservative. So the car felt really good, but just we didn't have enough speed. So target was to start up front, like top eight, top nine. Um, so P11 is not a disaster. So yeah, um, we just need to get the car good for race stream now um, trying to make it comfortable to overtake and stuff like that so it uh, should be a fun race tomorrow. We've seen IndyCar add a uh, piece to the floor and uh, quote unquote barge board to allow for a little bit more downforce. Are you going to get to try those tonight and if so how much benefit do you think they'll have over, over anything last year? So we don't know yeah we will definitely try them uh, now during practice too. Um, we think on numbers they are really good and we tried especially the barge boards at uh, Indy last, last year, so uh, they were much better for following cars and just making sure the car doesn't change much when you're running alone or when you're following somebody. Bless you. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a sun. Um, so, yeah, um, I think with the barge boards, it's going to be much better and much easier to follow the car in front, and, and that should be better racing. Is there any difference in terms of the temperature, given that it's not in June this year? Does it yeah. feel better in the car? Yeah, it's it's better for the, to be honest, it's better for racing. Like, we, we get more grip from tires, from track, from from the air downforce. So, it's just, it's going to be better for, for everybody to try and make some overtakes. So, I think it's good also for the crew that it's not 110 <laughs> degrees and they have to be working all day. So, um, yeah, I think it's a better a better thing than last year. So we have seven guys partaking in an extra practice to try to rubber in the top lane a little bit. I don't think any Ganassi cars are taking in that, but are you are you optimistic, hopeful, cautiously optimistic? What's the uh, what's the word of the day there? I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think it's gonna really work. Like yeah. I hope it works, and yeah. suddenly it's like, whoa, we have three lanes or two lanes. But um, I think only having seven cars not being mandatory and only 30 minutes, it doesn't really make a lot of sense and also I think somebody's gonna run low and do practice more practice than what they we should have but yeah um, we decided not to take part because I think we're not gonna see a huge benefit and uh, there's a lot of risk of running on the second lane so yeah um, we'll see hopefully I'm wrong when you guys weigh the risk versus reward is it we don't want to spin or is it tires is it all of the above uh, I think risk versus reward. Yeah. The first thing is, is it going to change the race for tomorrow? Probably not, only 30 minutes. If it was two hours, yeah, we would be in 100% with all the cars, I think. But only 30 minutes, it, you do like 10 laps by the time you go out, check everything and start going on the second lane. So, um, yeah, risk versus reward, it was not, uh, was not, not needed today. So you finished fourth here, starting from the front last year. Do you think that a, like a top five would be a good result for you tomorrow? You think that's possible? Oh yeah, that would be amazing result for us. So um, we know there's some tracks where we need to really show and, and and get those results, and we know there's all the tracks where we're still learning. I'm still learning, need more confidence, and just need to step uh, take one step at a time. So um, I want to win. I'll go for the win tomorrow. But if 
if we can get a top five, that's going to be an amazing result for us. And and even if we do a great race, getting some overtakes, getting more experience, getting good pit stops, and we finish top seven, that's going to be a good result tomorrow. Is that kind of kind of segue into my next question? You know, at St. Pete, I almost called it Sebring. At St. Pete, you you had a rough weekend, and all of a sudden you're you qualify 10th or 11th or so and end the race second. So is it, you know, especially early in the season as you're finding your groove, how important is it to maybe not worry about wins necessarily, but rack up those consecutive top five, top ten podium finishes if possible so that towards the end of the season you're looking at it and you're going, okay, you know what, I don't need to win every race to repeat as champion. Yeah, I mean, we if, if this was Barber, I would say, man, we need to go for the win. This is the place and the track and the conditions we need to go for it and, and some other road courses or street courses. But uh, it's a place where I've done less than 10 novel races in my life and I'm just getting there. And I know there's some people that takes more time or there's people that takes less time. But, um, yeah, I'm happy with the path and the progress we're seeing. Uh, especially on the races, I think we we see that I can get up front and start overtaking, get good strategies, and and we saw that at Indy last year. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the race. I think that's our our strength, and and hopefully we can get up front. All right. Well, I've got one more. Then we'll let you uh, enjoy some time off before the last practice here. You pretty much have the same team in terms of teammates and probably behind the scenes to a, a large degree. How helpful is that year after year to have the continuity in terms of the people you're meeting with on a you know weekend basis? Yeah, that's amazing. That's a big, big difference to what I was used to on my junior series or getting up yeah. to here. Um, it's awesome to know everybody at the team, yeah. uh, not only all the crews, but also everybody back at the shop. When I need something, I just can go there and, and ask. So, yeah makes me feel much more comfortable, uh, makes me feel like part of the family, so it's cool. Do you feel less like the uh, little brother asking everybody <laughs> questions like you did last year, or still the same? I'm still the same, man, so yeah. Um, when, if I have the opportunity, why not, right? Like, obviously, there's stuff that I know from last year, but there's a lot of stuff that we still need to uh, get up to speed and, and improve. Awesome, man. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you guys. Tomorrow. We know the 29 guys, we're ready for it. The power tap on Dirty Steinbrenner Honda was, was ready for it. And um, overall, I think we had a good run. I think maybe we left a little bit on the table, but I don't think it's a, a bad effort for our first qualifying. Could sure. you trim a little more, do you think? We were maxed. There was nothing more. There was nothing more from that side of it. From practice this morning to qualifying now, how much com- more confident are you after getting some laps in here and the test earlier? You feel like you could go out there tomorrow and race and uh, contend for a top 10? For sure, I think we have good cars. Um, you know, I think we have very good cars actually. So, you know, I see no reason as long as we execute well, why why we wouldn't be up there? What's it like driving around Texas at 2:20 and, and change? It's pretty badass. I won't <laughs> lie to you. Awesome, man. Good luck. Thank you. A little bit of a tough qualifying run, but what can you do tomorrow during the race to uh, maximize the results? I mean, you know, tomorrow for us is is really just going to be about, you know, can we. Can we hang with it? You know, I mean, there's 27 cars, so being towards the back, it's going to be tricky just to stay on the lead lap for the first stint. Yeah. Um, you know, so definitely trying to kind of make some headway there. Like, if if it's if we can be opportunistic at the start to just put a few cars behind us, you know, to get in to be cars that'll go a lap down before us and get in the way of the leaders. You know, leaders usually go into fuel save because it's hard to even get by the back yeah. markers here. So. 
um, just trying to put a little bit of distance between us and them is is going to be a part of it. And then, um, you know, from there, it's it's just this this race is kind of a grind. You know, you're going to be on old tires and the car is going to suck at the end of the stints, and you just got to like be able to tolerate that you know and have good in laps despite the car being really bad at the end of the stint and all that kind of stuff so um i think for us it's not making mistakes it's trying to just you know stay in the groove of the race for the first few stints see if we can make up any headway there and then you start getting into you know trying to figure out if there's a strategy that you can play you know seeing if seeing if we find out by partway through the race that we do have some strengths at least relative to the cars that are right around us and trying to make good on that any keys for evening practice to get prepped for the race that might help you find something that you were missing earlier you know i mean a lot of it's just going to be trying you know this fortunately i've been around these places enough to know what a car that handles well and can race around these kinds of places feels like so um you know, it's just going to be working towards that, and, and hopefully we can get there by the end of the next hour. How'd it feel to qualify at Texas? Uh, it felt good. I think there was a lot more grip out there than, than what we expected. Um, it was the first time that we were going around, this weekend at least, with without cars in front of you, it's impossible to get no tow laps around here when there's 27 cars in a mile and a half. Um, everything just goes by so quick. So, I mean, the car felt good. I don't know why the pace wasn't there. We, we weren't, we just weren't that quick in qualifying, but um, from the tests that we had here a couple weeks ago and even this morning, I feel like we've got a good race car. We're able to pass, we're able to make moves and um, we just have to come from the further back in the field than what we would like to have to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest. That's a good question. But um, I know we're trimmed more than, than the other two guys with Floyd were, so, um, and it obviously didn't make much of a difference. You must feel like the weight of the world is on you this weekend. You got your NASCAR fans here and your IndyCar fans, right? It's exciting. Excited to be at the racetrack. Excited to have the support I do from Chip NASA Racing from Carvana, and uh, it's been a fun morning. Uh, I feel like uh, you know, just learning so much so as we go here. I, I really wish we could have completed our test session that we came here for uh, a week or two ago. Um, and we're still playing a little catch up for myself to, to get to this point, but um, so far, good morning. Do you feel good, more comfortable now yeah. that you've been out there? I saw you passed a car out there. Yep, passing yes. cars, uh, been through a qualifying drill now to understand the lower trim feeling, setting on the car, so chipping away at a lot. What's the big, biggest difference driving this track in a NASCAR versus an IndyCar in terms of setting it up, senses, everything? The NASCAR vehicle, you know you're not going to run wide open. Yeah. Um, so the approach to turns one and two is, is much different. Um, I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. 
That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. You know, and that's it's, it's really the, the biggest thing. Three and four is an easy flat in a cup card. It's an easy flat here in the Indy card. But... Uh, the argument you have with your right foot in an Indy car every time you enter turn one is, is much different because it's an easy lift in a cup car and you sure. notice you actually use the brake to get it slowed down. Okay. Where in one of these cars, you definitely don't touch the brake and you only crack the gas a little bit. Awesome. How's qualifying? It was tough. Shit. How was your qualifying? Uh, well, they don't let me drive, so it's probably a good thing. Uh, I don't know really what happened there. I mean, we were at least a mile an hour slower than what I thought we were going to be and you know I mean just so much scrubbing the car right now and just trying to dial some of that out and certainly uh, made our life hard the race realistically uh, but certainly didn't have the speed and I mean none of the cars were super fast there so yeah not awesome. So despite it not going particularly well you've still got an hour practice tonight What's, uh, or later today, what's the key to finding some feed for tomorrow in practice later today? Uh, I guess a good balance right now. Uh, you know, the, the thing that's going to be important for us tomorrow is stay on the lead lap. You know, whatever we have to do to to do that is going to be super important. I mean, the, thankfully, we do have another practice session. Uh, the car in race trim earlier was just kind of fine. Uh, you know, it needs work as well. We had a bit too much understeer, I think. So, yeah, I think we just have to be aggressive now. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can hear it, but Graham's already next to us saying you're looking three miles an hour. And, you know, we were a mile an hour down from where I thought we were going to be. And to be honest, that's only going to put you mid-pack anyway. So we got a lot of work to do. But I think the, the cars have been typically good in the race. And, you know, I've been here enough times as well myself to know that anything can happen in this place. Yeah. And, you know, as long as our 45 high V Honda machine stays on the lead lap, you know, and we can find some speed tonight. We should be okay. This 30-minute uh, addition, additional practice for some cars to hopefully rubber in the second lane. Is there any hope to maybe get some extra grip, get some extra wheels, maybe up a little bit higher? Right before. Yeah, I mean, certainly we hope so because we're going to need it. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Graham's got some big cojones, and uh, he's going to be the car representing RLL. Uh, for that 30-minute session, so obviously I'll be interested to hear what he has to say about that. But you know, ultimately, we're just going to have to 
figure out how we get past cars, you know, and if that means the high line, then it's the high line. I personally am not super optimistic that the PJ is going to change any, but uh, I would love to be surprised by that. And one of my favorite TV characters is Ted Lasso. Fantastic. And, and at this moment, I'm just thinking goldfish. You know, at the end of the day, we've still got we've still got sessions. We're just going to have to have a good, quickly hard look at yeah. what we did wrong there, what well, was not good. And, Crack on and get it fixed for the race. Good luck, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I really do like this track. First time I came, it felt like baptism in fire. Will, qualified fourth. Pretty good. How happy are you with starting towards the front tomorrow? Yeah, pretty happy. Um, definitely want to start the front here. It's, it's very difficult to pass unless we can get a second lane going tonight. Um, Definitely, yeah, much better than back in the pack. <laughs> you were one of the guys you've been calling for that, you know, extra practice to kind of rubber in the outer lane for a couple of years yeah. now. How beneficial do you think that will be, and how are you approaching that extra practice as one of the guys who's running it? Yeah, I think you have to creep up on it. Yeah. It's so slippery. I actually wanted to speak to IndyCar to make sure they really, really clean it before yeah. we do it. Um, I think it's the first step, right? We'll see if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And if it works, then great. If it kind of works, then we go, well, yeah, it's, it was coming in, but there's right. not enough cars, right. and we know that too. So it's a good first step. Awesome. Good luck, man. Yep. Thank you. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.